Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching to help you face change and adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and we are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists. We will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. This is Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and this is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 28, Languishing. Hi, Leah. Hey, Heather. How's it going? It's going well. So tell me, are you languishing? (laughs) I think I am languishing. Yeah, Uh, I think this is a very appropriate topic. I think maybe I'm coming out of languishing, but I've certainly been languishing for a while. Yeah, I think that's like uh, the 2020 emotion. Mm -hmm. It is. There's been a lot of talk about this term and this concept. So if you haven't heard about it before, it's basically the state of meh, (laughs) where you're tired and overwhelmed, but you kind of want to do something. You're lacking energy, enthusiasm, and motivation. You're not completely depressed because you do believe that things will eventually get better. You're just kind of lacking the joy in things. So I think you're right. It is the 2020 emotion. Yeah. Adam Grant wrote about this term for this like blah feeling in the New York Times. And he said that it's been the number one feeling in 2020. He talked about how there's a mood continuum. On one hand, there's depression. And on the other hand, there's flourishing. And languishing is the forgotten middle child. I love that. I know. I'm the forgotten middle child. (laughs) (laughs) I am a middle child. I don't quite feel forgotten, but I am a middle child. So yeah, languishing is kind of being like when I was growing up in French class, they would ask you, how are you? And the standard answer in French was, come see, come see. So maybe we were all languishing in French class, <laughs> but I think it is the perfect, is the perfect answer, really. How are you? Come see, come sa. So, come so. see, come sa. And I have to do it with the hand gesture, too. That's right. You always have to do the hand gesture, which is sort of the waffling back and forth with your palm. Now, languishing was coined by Dr. Corey Keyes. He said, it's the middle ground between mentally healthy and mentally ill. It's not depression, but it's the absence and insufficiency of feeling good and functioning well. He also said, simply put, we are experiencing an absence of the good stuff, purpose, belonging, contribution, satisfaction, and interest in life. But this absence can feel like a real piercing void in your soul. And why it's important to talk about it is because his research suggests that people most likely to experience major anxiety, depression in the next 10 years are actually the ones who are languishing right now. And he noted in another paper that languishing is more prevalent than major depressive order, indicating the need for intervention before people move towards mental illness. So that's why we wanted to talk about it today, because it is the most common feeling in 2020. And it seems to be the one that people will have more challenges with down the road. So it's definitely something we wanted to draw everybody's attention to. Yeah. So languishing starts to feel like this big empty void in our lives. 
lots of uncertainty, and our brain really does not like uncertainty. Our mind fills with what ifs instead of what is. I love that was from Mm -hmm. Glennon Doyle. Mm -hmm. And uncertainty leads to panic. Now, initially, when the pandemic hit, the predominant emotion Keith suggests was grief. We were feeling a loss over how life has changed and how it would be forever changed. Loss of loved ones, loss of freedom, a loss of physical connection, a loss of jobs, a loss of job security, a loss of just our everyday life as we once knew it. Completely. And then people slowly slipped into more of an indifferent mode, kind of like a dragging our way through. So feeling pretty stuck, everyone kind of just existing with all plans on hold, celebrations postponed and family reunions canceled and everyone in the just get through mode where every day is a blur into the next day where you just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And now I think we're on the cusp of feeling that hope again. I think in some countries and cities, it's a lot more hopeful. We certainly have been a bit behind in Canada, but I think we are starting to feel that hope. We're looking around, things are starting to slowly open up. We're longing for the normalcy to return in our lives. Yeah, but I think it'll take some time to shift from that meh position. (laughs) And I want to offer that while many of us felt that meh during the pandemic, There are actually many of us who feel it on a a daily basis in a non-pandemic time. So it's not an emotion or state reserved only for the pandemic. And when the pandemic is over, everyone will get back to flourishing. That's not the case. Some people are going to stay in this languishing state. Some people are going to head down the road to depression. And, And some are already there and wishing for languishing. So we're all in different places. And that's just the reality. Yeah. So firstly, if you are in more of a depressed state, I urge you to seek some more professional help and seek it from multiple sources too. I like to think of getting help like opening a tough lid on a mason jar. So imagine a jar that has a lid that's stuck and you take a turn to try to open it and it doesn't move. And then you pass it to someone else who's beside you. They take a turn and it still doesn't budge. So they keep passing it to the next one who tries. And so it goes, keep passing, keep trying. Eventually the lid pops off. And of course the person who popped it off looks like the hero, but really was it just that one person? It was the collection of people who took, (laughs) who each took a turn and loosened it up a little bit. And I think this is the approach that we have to take to most challenges in our life, especially when it comes to health and illness, physical and mental. That's right. Because there's like the twist of sleep, a twist of nutrition, maybe a twist of medication. There's a twist of exercise, a twist of deep breathing, meditation, journaling, mindfulness, all the things that we're talking about. There's probably a few twists of talking with friends, therapists, getting some coaching, and there's twists of nature, music, faith, and then eventually the jar pops. So we don't know what final twist is going to pop the top, but we do know that the top pops because of the effort and consistency of all of the twists. So if you're struggling, try multiple sources, get multiple perspectives, breathe, listen, read, Watch, talk, chant, pray, move, walk, stretch, sing, dance, sit, smile, cry, all these things. All these things can help lay a foundation of resilience. That's right. 
But if you are feeling more like you're languishing, you're in the meh, the come see, come sa, the mode, or just hovering around that languishing, maybe you're tipping towards flourishing again, or the toll has you tipping towards depression, then there are some things that you can try to deal with languishing. So we're going to talk about those things now. The first thing is what we always say, you want to remember nothing's gone wrong. We're talking about 50-50. Yes, we're talking about that again. So for many people, 2020 and 2021 will be years that will be hovering closer to the negative, hard, unpleasant 50. And I like to think of my, my life in terms of being a movie. And one day I will watch this movie and we'll see New Year's 2020 and it will be like, ooh, the next part coming up. It was still pretty tough. You won't believe what happens next. And of course, I'm just generalizing because for many people, even during the year 2020, for some people it was rough and other people did have that they were celebrating. So we want to be cognizant that 2020 was a collectively a challenging year, but for many people, it was also a great year because everything is 50-50. It's just the way it is. We're not going to escape that, that excellent tool that I love talking about all the time. All right. The second thing. This is a great time to really practice some mind work and to really clear out your mind. Remember that all feelings stem from your thoughts. If we consider languishing an emotion, then guess what? It's not created from our circumstances. It's created from our thoughts about our circumstances. We all know that some circumstances are easier to have good thoughts about. So it's not like cir circumstances don't have any influence. And we wanna create circumstances in our life that are easier to think good thoughts about. But when the circumstances are not ones that we can influence or change, then we truly do have a choice. And the choice lies in our ability to decide what we're gonna think and where we're gonna focus on thinking. And we know that one of the key differentiating factors of resilient people is that they choose where to put their focus and they right. choose to focus on the good. They choose to look for the good and they choose which lens they want to look through. Now, I know I often hear people saying things like, oh, being optimistic, it's not reality. But let's remember that our mindsets, whether they be one that is open or closed or optimistic or pessimistic, they are all just lenses that we do have on. There is no such thing as a right mindset to have. And if you don't, you're delusional. So you just need to ask yourself if your lens is helping you or hurting you. You don't need to ask if your lens is true or if it's the right one, because that doesn't really matter. Is the lens you're choosing to use, your thoughts, your beliefs, keeping you stuck or propelling you forward? Is it helping or is it hurting? Number three, which ties into the next one. Give our brain equal airtime. I really love this one. Our brain is naturally wired for negativity. It actually seeks it out. And it's been said that for the brain, negative things stick like Velcro, but positive things slide off like Teflon. Be aware that this is our brain's natural tendency. And we want to build up the good on purpose, intentionally. That's right. So Dr. Rick Hansen, he is a neuropsychologist, has a TED talk called Hardwiring Happiness. 
And he gives a couple of steps on how to hold on to the good moments. And he calls his technique the HEAL technique. And he uses the acronym H-E-A-L for HEAL. So step one for the H is you want to have a positive experience. The first step is where you want to identify a positive experience and bring it into your awareness. Now, this can be done simply by noticing pleasant sensations in your external environment or noticing a calmness around you. Notice something that a friend is doing. You do need to be on the lookout for positive things. And that's why we like doing equal airtime because it forces your brain to seek out the positive. All right. Step number two, enrich it. Stay with the experience for at least 10 seconds. Don't let your mind wander. The key is to really activate the full breadth of the experience. You want to open up to the sensations in your body and what thoughts are coming to your mind. That's right. So the third step, the A, is absorb it. So you want to allow the experience to really sink in. And this is sometimes referred to as savoring. Really, it's making an attempt to cherish and remember something, setting the intention to make it feel a part of you. You can visualize the elements of the experience coming together in your heart and mind. I like to say like my heart is taking a picture (laughs) and I'll review all the details that I want my heart to remember. I may verbally even say things out loud. I may also look at the tiny details and tell my brain, remember this. When we tell our brain and our heart that it actually does perk up to listen. So it's pretty powerful. Allow yourself to absorb what's happening. All right. Step four, the final step. And this is actually an optional step link to positive and negative material. So Dr. Hansen suggests that once you have a strong, stable sense of the positive experience in the foreground, you might also notice related negative content in the background. The goal is to see if by bringing the two experiences together, you can loosen up a negative experience. As I sit and savor this moment, I can see the frustration that I had with my partner this morning, but it seems a little lighter when I'm in this savoring state. You just want to make sure that when you think of the negative things again, it doesn't swoop in and hijack you from the savoring. So this is an optional step. Yeah. So be on the lookout for it and have the experience, enrich it by not letting it slip by and then absorb it and savor it. Number four is to set a goal even a small goal, so you have something to focus on. If the brain is focused on something, then it's not going to be looking around at all the negative things. However, we have a very unhealthy habit of making the product our intended results, the goal, instead of the process of reaching our goal. We become fixated on what our intended goal is and completely often will miss out on the joy in process or the process of achieving it. We think that there is some magical point that we will eventually reach and then we're going to be happy and look at the process as like an inconvenience of getting there or simply the means to a greater end. And what are the benefits of focusing on the process? It's actually a paradox. When you focus on the process, the desired product usually takes care of itself with ease. When you focus on the process, what you are doing in the exact moment, you actually are always in the present and then you're always where you want to be and doing what you should, air quote, be doing. 
All of your energy goes into the doing. But when you focus your mind on where you want to end up, you're never where you are. And you then exhaust your energy with where you think you should be rather than where you actually are. Exactly. Now, this does not mean you lose touch with what you're aiming for. So it's not like you don't have that goal. You don't have that destination. You always want to use your final goal as kind of like the rudder to steer you, but it's not the only indicator as to how you're doing. So the goal is not the destination or where you end up, but rather the compass that guides the journey. So there's that saying that says there is no destination in life. Life is the destination. And the other important benefit of setting a goal is who you become while you're achieving that goal. How much do you learn and grow? There's another great TED Talk called Your Greatest Moments Are Not What You Think by Roseanne Tomiak. And she talks about narrowly missing out on going to the Olympics or the world championship. I can't remember which one it was, something high up there as a water polo player. And she obviously was devastated when they missed their opportunity in a shootout, no less. But what she realized was the real reward was who she had become in the process of becoming this world champion. So goals are important to set because they help us step out of our comfort zones and become the best version of ourselves because who we become is the whole purpose of setting the goals. Yeah. Okay, number five, variety is the spice of life. Have enough variety. Give your brain breaks. Set aside time for self-care. Set aside time for connection. Set aside time for work. Create boundaries around those areas and try not to let it become all a blur. When we talk about overwhelm, we talked about not allowing the sea of emotions take over, but to create little ponds that make it easier to deal with. Now I know a lot of times people say they just don't have enough time to get it all done, not enough time to take a break. And we'll talk about this in an upcoming podcast. Because time management is not in the schedule, it's in the brain. (laughs) It's all in the brain. But you'll be amazed at how much more time you create when you recharge. And think of it like a phone. I love this analogy. When you let your phone die, there's a delay in recharging, right? It's much better to charge it when you see that it's dying to stop and plug it in. You need to do the same for you. You really don't have time not to recharge. That's right. Now, the sixth way to get out of our languishing funk is to engage in meditative activities. And those are the kind of activities that you can get lost in, that you're completely in the present. So in positive psychology, they talk about flow. And flow means a state of mind where you are completely engrossed in a task. It can be physical, intellectual, or even professional. It can include listening to music or playing music or painting or coloring or writing or dancing or knitting or cooking. It can even involve watching a good show. That makes me feel better because that is (laughs) sometimes an activity that keeps me in the present is watching a good show. So basically, you just kind of feel like you're lost in time. It's a kind of activity where you sit and you say, I don't know where time went. And the activity usually takes you away from a place or time where you're having difficulties with. All right. Number seven, celebrate the small stuff. You sometimes need to redefine an accomplishment. There are different ways to measure success. We want to measure it along the way. We want to be sure to do that. We want to celebrate the effort. And there is celebration for progress and celebration for results. 
We want to look for the progress in many ways. For example, if your, your goal is weight loss, the scale is just one way to look at the progress. You can also look at improved sleep or mood or energy or stamina. All those things are changing. So be really creative here. That's right. And number eight is the last way to help us through the languishing state is to get out of your own head and into other people's hearts. How can you make a difference in someone else's life? There's another great TED Talk, and it's even a Toronto one, a TEDx Toronto TED Talk called Disruptive Leadership by Drew Dudley. It is such a good one. And I think this is a record. We've mentioned three TED Talks. (laughs) in this episode. I think it's a record, but in this talk, he talks about leadership and he says, leadership is actually a series of what he calls lollipop moments. Now he basically tells the story of a time when he was in university and he was carrying lollipops and passing them out to people in line to help spread the awareness about a charity that he was supporting. And unbeknownst to him, there was a freshman girl who was waiting in line with her parents for the class registration. She was super nervous and anxious about being there and wasn't even sure if she was going to stay. And Dudley came up to this girl and he turned to the guy who was in front of her and said, you need to give a lollipop to the beautiful woman next to you. So he totally embarrassed the guy, but the guy took the lollipop and gave it to the girl. And Dudley joked around a little bit more with them. And it was at that moment that the girl actually had this overwhelming sense that everything was going to be okay. And several years later, that girl found Dudley and told him how he had impacted her life because of that single moment. Now, the interesting thing, Dudley had no recollection of that day. It was seemingly insignificant to him, that tiny moment, but it changed the girl's life. So he shares how in his talk, we never know when a lollipop moment is happening. So get out of your head and get out there and create these moments. Lollipop moments are moments when one individual positively shapes another person's life, but may not even realize his or her impact. And a very cool side note is the girl ended up marrying the guy in line who Dudley told to hand her the lollipop. I knew it. I knew it. I love it. I love it. So do not underestimate the difference you can unknowingly make in someone's life, but it does require you to get out there. So those are eight ways that you can start to try to help yourself move out of this languishing state if you want to. Remember, you don't want to start judging yourself on being on this state. Nothing's gone wrong. Don't add on layers of emotions, especially ones that just amplify the problem. It's okay to not be feeling okay, but just pass the jar around so other people can help twist off that lid. So that's what we have for you today on languishing. And just to sum up, you want to remember that nothing's gone wrong. We always talk about 50-50. This is part of the 50-50. The second thing is it's great to practice some mind work to really clean out your mind. It's a great way to get through that languishing state. The third thing is give your brain equal airtime. There's lots of good going on still in the world. Um, you can turn to Dr. Rick Hansen's process on how to heal. And then the next one is set a goal, even if it's a small goal. So you've got something to focus on. 
Number five was variety is a spice of life. So have enough variety. Give your brain some breaks. Self-care, create boundaries, do different things. The sixth thing you can do is engage in some meditative activities that help you feel lost in your own world. Number seven is celebrate the small stuff. You need to redefine sometimes what an accomplishment is. And lastly, create some lollipop moments. Hopefully those are some ways that will help you move through this state as we head into the summertime. Hope everybody has a great day. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you are interested in a little bit of weekly motivation, want to be kept in the know about upcoming free classes and resources, new podcast episodes, and other ways of working with us, please go subscribe to our weekly email. You can subscribe at www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Again, that's www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you again soon.